Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone, you're welcome again to The Game on Sunday podcast. Michael Lester here with you. As usual, we're joined by Pat Spillane and Tomas Mulcahy, but in actual fact, we don't have just one Mulcahy uh, on the podcast this week. We have two, because I'm delighted that we're joined by Valerie Mulcahy. I was going to say All-Ireland winner with Cork, but that would be just kind of summing it up a little bit brief because, in fairness, Valerie, you have enough medals and awards that you could actually bring uh, uh, an articulated truck around with you. <laughs> well, um, the, well, 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 the good thing, Michael, is she has more to spell out. <laughs> <laughs> I never played ladies football, so that's why I wouldn't have as many as that. I'd say Spillane, you would have been fairly good at the ladies' football as well. But anyway, um, Valerie, how are you? How are you keeping? I'm good, thanks. Um, good stuff. Doing good, yeah. We had a yeah. nice career, so I'm glad to say I was part of a great team that we managed to fulfill and surpass all our, our wildest dreams. And um, yeah, we had a good old journey on the way. We actually lovely that's... meet up the other day. A lot of, uh, well, like, a lot of our girls were captain and we had 10 all Ireland wins. So Juliet was captain for three years. There was Kira Sullivan, uh, Amy O'Shea, Mary O'Connor, Angela Walsh, um, and Marie Walsh, Breeze Corker, Rena Buckley. So we actually had this lovely, there was the 50th anniversary celebration of the LJFA and they had all the captains there and I happened to be there representing Kira Sullivan. And um, it was just a lovely meetup and we actually had such crack meeting the the older captains and a lot of the the Waterford women who would come before us and the Kerry girls and it was just really nice um, do you know when you're you're out of the game you can really appreciate what you've been what you've done I suppose and what you've contributed and I think one of the girls actually mentioned it about the older women they were like geez, they're so proud of their achievements and I said yeah but like they, they were playing when there was very little sport for women and it was probably they'd push against the grain to play you know so it was a lovely day anyway and it was um, it was nice to celebrate and to look back. A hundred percent, yeah. I, I actually, coming into this thing, I, I was just recalling to myself uh, this morning that um, back and going back maybe, well, like maybe 10 years, 12 years ago, and I was down in the home place in, in Galway and one Saturday morning I woke up and I could hear the football banging across the road because the Kilburn GEA club is across the road from our old house in Galway. And yeah. I just looked over the wall and it was a women's football match that was going on. And that was something that, you know, in a in a small village in, in County Galway that I'd never, well, let's put it this way. When I was a young fella, you certainly wouldn't have seen it, you know. And yeah. it's amazing, like, how, how, I mean, what was it, like 56,000 in Croke Park for the All-Irelands at the weekend? 
I think it was like 46. 45. So I don't know 45. They, yeah, they didn't break the record. But a a big crowd, in other words. Yeah. Massive crowd. And I was there when they started opening up the upper tier and like the sense of pride and a little bit of envy because I'd have loved to have played in Fulco Park I kind of embraced those big days but you know you just know. to see where it has come from and now there's a lot of work still needs doing but like even the semi-finals now there's a great crowd in, in Thurdus and, and things are on the up and women's sports are on the up and, and it just takes investment and the interest is there like and the skill and and the game is is a great game to watch a great spectacle like and a great entertainment well, sure, I suppose to us, it's it's one of those situations where over the last, whatever, uh, 20, 30 years and that, particularly, let's say, in the last 20 years and that, uh, we're we're embracing half the population of Ireland uh, into sport. And, and that has to be welcomed. Uh, absolutely, Michael. And look, in terms of the female participation, even just in, in we'd say, in, 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 in senior men's clubs, in terms of officers, treasurers, PROs, it's it's growing and it's growing. And um, I think from a community perspective alone, at the growth of ladies' gate at football has just been, oh my God, it's 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 off the charts really, I think, Valerie. The, the numbers that are now playing the game, that are participating, I'd say every club in the country has uh, a ladies' football team. There's camogie involved. So, there's, there's massive, massive growth. I think over the last five years, um, like my own club, Glen Rovers, um, we had a camogie team very, very strong that you that you'd be familiar with, Valerie. But yeah. they were very, very, very slow to actually take on the football side because they actually fed to the threat to the camogie. But um, people within the club that were on the football side were threatened to, to walk away, set up their own team if they didn't become part of it. And we, everybody had to agree to it. To be honest with you, it was it was a no brainer, yeah. right? You know and your dual star, yeah, you have your football lady footballers and uh, you have your camogie players and look, I know there's a lot of debate going on uh, for the last number of weeks in terms of Cork and people having to travel and play two matches on the same day, but I'm sure that'll be sorted out in time, but um, you must see massive, massive growth um, and like throughout schools and clubs and all that all over the country Absolutely, in the country. Absolutely, yeah. I teach in the north side in the city and like the likes of the Piershake and St. Vincent setting up clubs and and you know there's great talent there like it just needs to be um, you know people exposed to it so yeah look I do think one of the biggest challenges is though the ladies football and the camogie coming together because I do think they see each other as opposition rather than rowing in together so you know that whole amalgamation is going to be um, a challenge um, is there a divide is there, is there a divide there Valerie in terms of like people will say oh it's only it's a no brainer they'll have to come together but it, it just, we've well, been no, saying this for, for we've been saying this for a number of years now. Is there is there not a willingness on either side to come together, or where do well, you I see think it? I I see a lack of willingness when it comes to the dual fixtures and and you know one set of fixtures being sorted and then another set yeah. coming out and having clashes. So you know a lot and a huge frustration for the likes of Hannah Looney and Libby Coppinger and Maeve Callan as well. You know so. Um, and and sorry, not Maeve. Maeve actually gave up to spokes on on the Kamobi or the Kahalan and um, another one or two young girls. So um, there is frustrations there, definitely. Like even our own club, right? So you know Dennis Burns of the Bears. Yes. We're fortunate enough to have him coaching us, but his daughter Sheila Burns and another girl Katrina Foley from Carrigan awesome Kamobi players. And my mom and others when we formed the Rockbond Club made a dual club made sure that that there was a dual club because otherwise they would be lost to be f- totally focused on Kamoki. So by having a dual club we could have incorporated them and ensured that there wasn't clashes and facilitated a dual kind of partnership. So um, we were one of the few clubs to have that dual um, sense and it wasn't we weren't very much I suppose supported. But like I you know you're talking about development and, and the explosion of, of women's sports I mean I think there was there was a huge increase there was a double nearly increase in clubs forms since the start of our our journey back in 2005 and that has to have come from you know seeing our our I suppose dominance and our skill and, and our game and um, being shown on Tishgar and, and you know it was a result of all our matches and stuff that there was that interest garnered and that there was a huge uh, amount of development and clubs popping up in Cork. 
trail car. Anyway, have you have you been watching the World Cup? Speaking of of women's sport and football and that kind of stuff, have you been following that? Oh God, I have. Yeah, I was up for the other morning watching um watching it. Yeah, I watched it. I I missed. I got the highlights of the the big um, big game with Australia and uh, Sweden. Wasn't oh, Jimmy, absolutely. Um, I mean, that, that was unbelievable. Like that that was apparently. In Australia, they got their biggest TV audience for I can't remember what thirty or forty years for the, yeah. for the Mac. You know, it was just dramatic stuff. Yeah, beat summer, it beats one way to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's no, Very it's good. phenomenal. Like if you look at it, right? So the investment in women's sport, and this has come from a lot of hard work and a lot of voicing and and, and demanding rights. But like, yeah. if you look, the gap at the top is is diminishing. I mean. How many of the champions are out? Netherlands, one of the favourites are gone. USA are gone. Canada, Olympic champions are gone. So, you know, that gap is diminished because I think of the amount of investment and people taking it seriously and then more access and more girls playing equates to more success at the top. So, um, you know, it's and like the, the level of skill is unbelievable. Like if you watch Japan playing, they were phenomenal. They were actually very unfortunate to get knocked out. But, like and Brazil, the, Brazil, even I watch. I love. I watch. I love watching Brazil. Some of the goals they got were incredible. Yeah, I like France. They're scoring twelve goals and then get knocked out. But like that, I think it's just like if you think about it, right? When you're younger, it's just people assume boys will be interested in sport. They don't always assume girls will. And until that changes, and you kind of allow equal access and give each person a ball irrelevant of gender, I think like there is no reason why a girl can't be as good as a guy. You know, and if you well, look sure, back at our, our Cork team, most yeah. of us had had no access to, to clubs, women's clubs, and we were playing with the lads, and that really developed us. And boys don't mind who they pass the ball to once you keep possession, yes. and once you can score and add and contribute. And you know, it's it's um, it is great to see the the standard and, and the level of interest and the coverage that RT have given and other other um, broadcasters as well. You know, it's that that makes a big difference. The same part that, that I, I, I know we're gone, gone off GEA now slightly, but we are talking about women's sport, so that's fair enough. Um, one of the things that, that I've enjoyed about this World Cup is the fact that, and, and this kind of picking up Val, what you said, you know, about um, the women aren't trying to be more honest in their, their play. I mean, um, there was that, that incident that happened between England and Nigeria in which one of the England players stomped yeah, of uh, the back Lange. of Michelle Alonsi. And but what, what, what was interesting about it was that Alonsi was lying on the ground and she got st- uh, stood in the back and she just kind of turned around and looked and ba- basically kind of her expression said, what the hell was that? Like, yeah. if, that ha- if that happened in a Premier League match, there'd be a priest. <laughs> Stretcher. That, There'd be a priest, there'd be a rabbi, there'd be uh, three ambulances. Uh, the last whites would be would be administered as he was being stretchered off. And then, of course, needless to say, 20 seconds later, he's up and off back on the yeah. pitch again. There is, there is that sense of honesty. Actually, I was playing a basketball match years ago and I think I must have tipped the ball out or whatever and the ref kind of hesitated as to what way the ball was going to go or the yeah. um, throw-in was going to go. And I was like, oh, you know, it was me and then that actually led to the next time it happened the opposition girl did as well he was like this is a really easy match to rest but uh, no I think there is that sense of honesty and just get up and get on with it like it's not get up and get on with it that's exactly it yeah, yeah. Do you know uh, I think we're always fighting though as women so it's kind of that sense of like you know don't let down and, uh, 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 yeah. I like yeah. that you defight yeah. I know it's like land. for rights and that you know what I mean we live in a mad sort <laughs> well you know um yeah, let's put it this way, Val. You have been up to more recent yeah. years, but I think that's beginning to, to kind of um, beginning it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ireland's I know, about it's definitely like, better. Yeah, possible. Am Harry at the weekend against the Dubs? Um. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> come on, just Patsy, just two things. Come on, on just, I mean. I mean, just just two things because Val, I know Val, and like she's an an amazing role model for women's sport, an amazing an amazing role model for ladies football, and very modest because I think Val, would you please outlist your achievements in Gaelic football? Because I think the viewers here 
uh, the listeners need to hear. I mean, your achievements are amazing. What are they again? Come on, tell me. Sorry, sorry. Splan, once again, you're doing it this week. You're completely avoiding the question that I asked that's, you. I'll answer that. But you see, we have a superstar. No, no, no. That's, we have that's, a superstar on. You should and be. No, one, no, no, no. no. A, you you should be. 99% Spillan, you should be a government minister. People because they're brilliant at saying. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll answer that question, question later, but should, I'm not just going to answer right. it. Right. Have you got wiki? Right. Um, what are we achieving? So I think uh, we have nine monster titles, 10 All-Irelands. 10 league titles yeah. 6 All-Stars Player of the Year and I think probably the best one is uh, Player of the Match 3 times out of 10 and top scorer I think in nearly every match um, isn't that I think I scored like I was actually wondering right, so we had this thing the other day there's there's doing a little brief summary of all the matches and the girls next to me they were calling it like I would won 5 in the first all earned okay 2006 I didn't score it and off the day and then 2007, I had like one five, one four, three two, seven points, seven points, one four, whatever. And the girls were like, "Jeez, fat! I didn't realize you scored so much." And it was like it was nice to kind of I didn't I forgot myself like, but but like they look that was my job, you know. I and I was yeah. free circle as well, so I mean that was just part of it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, you, one final you, question, Val. Can I just ask you one? Just one, and they are, like those achievements are absolutely unbelievable, and they, and, and, they deserve, and they deserve to be highlighted because we know the achievements of all the male football. We don't know the magnificent achievements of, of our female athletes in this country. But the second thing is, I'm intrigued. Uh, ladies football, how has it changed over the last? How has it evolved? Better, worse, and what are the I big think- changes you see? I think, like I think we were probably ahead of our time in that we were doing. Well, we weren't doing a lot of gym work and that, but we kind of were doing a lot of on pitch stuff. I think this the the skill level is a little bit superior. Kicking, like if you look at the jobs, they're they're matching Kerry for kicking, like and going beyond. Their strength and conditioning is off the charts. Um, I do think that there's a lot more cynicism in it and a little. The physicality is, you know, the dubs were playing borderline last time. And what I would like to bring in, see brought in is this team fouls. If you had, like, Dublin had fouled about five times in two minutes, like, and just, you know, cynical fouls and very tactical in certain areas, stopping the counter attack and all that. So I think that would definitely help. But I think ladies football have been good to bring in measures to, and being progressive, you know, with the, the countdown clock and, Sinbin and things like that so I think they do need to look at that because um, and also look at how, how the tackle is defined because there was a few times there that the ref I just thought made an off decisions with players on the ball running out and then getting caught for a charge when I felt it was like you can't Valerie, Valerie, could, I ask you, Valerie could I just ask you there, you made a better point about the number of team calls how, how, how would you tackle that how would you, what would you suggest I would dare you say like 18 fouls and a half something like that and then the other thing is so the advantage rule and I was what next to Mary Jo Curran who's a legend like she's ten, 9 all-earns in a row uh, with Pass, Kerry possibly the greatest but she was uh, phenomenal like and it's a pity that there's no coverage of, of those times and those players like there was very little footage you know um, the other thing we were saying though is so there was one foul and the, the referee gave advantage but cool. It ends up being another foul, quite much a lot closer to the goal. And she was saying 
this that needs to be looked at. Like if you're having an advantage, could and there was a second vote committed, that should be the place where the the free is given that new position, the the, the more forward position, because you know some you could do an offer tackle in the second position, and you're still only sent back to where the first initial foul was, where where advantage was allowed. So that's probably two things I would like to see brought in. But look, the game has vastly improved. I think when we were playing. We were probably a bit shy to promote ourselves and didn't have the Instagram or social media. And now thankfully girls are getting a lot more exposure and they're they're able to express when their matches are on and there is more interest in things like the twenty by twenty campaign and now her sport are doing great work. So, you know, it is evolving, thankfully. And Michael I, I Michael, can I answer the question about Kerry? Oh, oh finally. Oh jeez, thanks yes, for take it. Yeah. They are. Uh, well beaten, absolutely. And, and you know, in a way, uh Val like I, I, there was only one team in it. I mean, I, Dublin's performance, Hannah Tittle's performance, particularly in that first half, they just blew Kerry away. The first minute you knew, uh oh, there's trouble here. I mean, they had two yeah. points on the board in less than a minute. They dominated midfield, and and the one thing that and I saw them against Cork, uh, in the semi final, and I thought the same thing again last Sunday. I thought the physicality, their athleticism, the pace, the the as as Val alluded to, the, that strength and conditioning, they were far superior to any ladies football team that I've seen in this year's championship. They were just, they were a well-oiled machine that Kerry couldn't yeah. cope. Now, now, two things about Kerry. I mean, they were destroyed midfield, absolutely destroyed midfield. And a bit like the men's football, um, you know, we had a super, we have we had the super star David Clifford who had a quieter day than usual at the office in the final and it cost Kerry possibly not having time. Now, we, we actually mentioned it last week and we said, is there a, is there a possibility that maybe Kerry are overly dependent on Louise Nivarkatik? Uh, and there's no doubt about it, as uh, the ladies' team weren't dependent. And Louise had yeah. a reasonable game last week, but she she didn't hit the scoring she's normally. Yeah. Uh, so Dublin did very well. Uh, in cancelling her out, uh, John Caffrey's daughter was very good. As just, Unbelievable, just yeah. Yeah. But the other thing about it, I mean, they talk about champions, and I know the Kerry, t- uh, the Kerry management after were critical of cynical fouling, but, you know, as Val knows, as Tomas knows, as everyone knows, in st- top-level teams play on the edge. Top-level teams play beyond the edge. Top-level teams uh, do tactical fouling. Top-level teams, successful teams, do cynical fouling. And there's no doubt about it. I mean, I thought Dublin... There, there, there is no doubt about it last week. I mean, the Dublin's tactics in terms of fouling... There was certainly, it was systematic the way a different player suddenly fouled and a different player suddenly fouled. But where they were particularly good at, and this doesn't come about by accident, was, was in their actually fouling technique. Uh, and uh, this fouling where they actually tackled uh, the near hand, they held the near hand, they they. they in your head and like that's not something that, that just happened overnight that's that's coaching but that's not taking yeah. in any way from a is double that, team that's a, that's a bit of sour grapes I'd say is oh, this it's not Tomas if you listen carefully if you listen carefully Tomas sorry no, no, it's no, not no 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 uh, Dublin, it, Dublin uh, were, it, it's, were very it's quite very good simply, will you just listen Tomas will you just listen Tomas Kerry had no excuses last week they were beaten destroyed by a much better team. They were even damn lucky that they weren't beaten by a lot more. So I'm just pointing out the fact that all teams, all winners, do this tactical fouling, do this cynical fouling. And, and, and that's part and parcel of, of, of pursuit yeah. of victory. Full stop. But Dublin one were, point were there, magnificent. One, one point on the physicality. Like, so I, you know, I've been comparing this now to my Cork experience where I would have had my, my cousin on a gym fitness works and I would have gotten my own kind of works out there. I think Eamon was actually a bit fearful of what I was doing in the gym. He must have thought I was lifting massive weights. But anyway, it really helped me to to have preventative measures for injuries. But when I went off to Ballyboden and I was saying Ballyboden, I was, first of all, in awe of the, the size and the magnitude of the, the club. But they have a strength and conditioning coach full-time, right? So each, each yeah. team gets the strength and conditioning coach. They have their warm-ups, like totally... Streamlined, they have access to the gym. They also have the physio that links in with the club at a reduced rate, and they have that from under fifteen, say. So there are girls with gym years, like you talk about gym years, and you know if, if you're looking at a Cork team and someone makes breaks on the Cork team in the twenty, a Dublin girl would be five years um, ahead in head, terms head of head in gym. terms of yeah, yeah, the preparation, so, yeah. 
it, it, you know, that needs to kind of change a bit. And that really opened my eyes up to, geez, this is how Dublin girls are able to come onto the panel and they're at the pace, they're at the level and they're probably even better than than the girls who have been there in other in other counties, maybe. Um, you know, would, so that, would, would, would that worry you, Valerie, then in terms of like where the game is going, in terms of the strength and condition coming into ladies football, maybe Camogie side of it, right? I mean, Pat would have mentioned for years upon years on the Sunday game and stuff that the style of football had changed because fellas got too physically strong, all back behind the ball, tactically, physically, in the gyms. And, um, and, and, and yeah, it sometimes it's a kind of a, a negative type game where you're kind of, we were looking at Camogie, looking at the ladies' football freestyle, you know, uh, very open play. Yeah. Is it changing because I, of that? Well, I suppose when you look at the, when you look, so look, we're, we're naturally going to be smaller. We're not going to take up as much of the pitch you know, so that that physicality presence is is limited in a way. Um, but like I was there at halftime, going, "Jesus, like Dublin are after scoring ten points or eleven points, that that would nearly win some matches." Like you know, so there there was still this kind of free flowing attacking style of football, and and it was a loser that McBone. I think Carla also that McBone said halftime, let's not be on our toe like heels, let's push on now and drive forward. So there was that yeah uh, emphasis on. Attack, 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 and like that's that's great to have. There is quite a bit of physicality, and you know, I did see one uh, shoulder that was um, called as a foul uh, because soldering isn't allowed. Look, I think many years ago we've lost that that beautiful footballer who didn't quite have this speed or stamina, you know. So, and I knew myself. I like I knew if I got the ball, I could you know do most things that I wanted to do with it, but I needed to be good enough and strong. Sorry, fit enough um, to win the ball. So I had to put a lot of work into that element of it because. I'd be no good to anyone if I couldn't win the ball. So, um, you know, thankfully that kind of uh, was a, was a thought that I had early days and, and was able to try and ensure that I was able to stay on the pitch first of all so that I could um, make contribution. But I think the game has has changed and it is, you know, it's if you look at it, I mean, everyone's a runner, everyone's able to carry the ball in solo and and it's up and down the pitch a lot more. And, and like, it has enhanced it, but... I, I just would fear that you know at club level maybe some of the better the ballers like the real kickers you know the beautiful yeah. natural kickers that, that that they might be deterred by the level of, of, of running that's involved you know yes okay yes. guys can I can I just can I just pause you there for a minute or two because uh, we need to take a small break here uh, on the podcast um, but if you want to join us for the second part Valerie is going to stay with us because I have a lot more questions that I want to to ask her and um, and if you want to stay with us for that because I think you'll agree the conversation is is very interesting um, if you do want to stay with us it's um, a subscription it is €4 Euro a month and you can get all the details at www.thegameonsunday.com hopefully we'll talk to you again shortly Hello again, everybody. It's uh, part two of this week's version of the Game on Sunday podcast. Uh, Pat Spillant, Moss McCahey here with me. Our special guest this week is multiple All-Ireland winner with Cork, uh, Valerie Mulcahy. And and we've been talking so much, Valerie, in the first part about women's sport, how, how much it's improved. We talked a little bit about the World Cup, etc., and things like that. Could you ever see a day that you would have if you like, mixed sport. In other words, that women could play in what's traditionally, I, I guess, up to this, men's sport. Or is that or is that just impractical? No, I think I had this conversation before when I was on um, kind of a discussion group or, or a workshop group for dealing with inclusion and, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, people non-binary identifies non-binary and that um, I actually think there could be a place for it I don't I wouldn't see it as hugely in the usually competitive element of it um, like when we were playing sport and we were with Eamon Ryan I mean we, we used to play challenge matches against the boys under 16s and, and the big thing is like they're, just their speed you know I mean they'd win they'd beat you to the ball if you had more than four if the ball was more than four yards away like they'd be able to gain ground on you so you know that natural um, advantage is it can't be overcome but 
maybe with an adaption of rules, there is an opportunity to have some sort of uh, of mixed games. And like, I'd love to see something like that, um, you know, for community sense and that. Like years ago, there was a lovely celebration. I don't know if Tomas was up there in Whitechurch when they had the opening of the pitch. Yes, and I was there, yeah. We yeah. had, a, so there was a, an exhibition match, wasn't there? The hurlers were playing the, the other okay. ones, right, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's anyway, right. Yeah. Before that match, we had um, the current team. I think were playing like a mix of, of kind of older players, and I was on the mixed team. And or I think both teams were mixed, but you know that didn't really. Um, I suppose people were unfit in that, right? So, so everyone is more equal. But <laughs> that wasn't too dangerous, or I'd say, and it seemed equal enough. But you, you want to have a good number of rules but like it can be done if you watch mixed tag rugby you know they take out the physical element of it there are opportunities there for something to happen and maybe that might might be a way of having more inclusion and, and it could be an opportunity um, that but you just hurt it for yeah, the, so the I think your I, I think your question maybe and maybe Pat Spillane you might answer this um, David Clifford right corner forward Valerie Mulcahy full forward <laughs> I think we swapped there straight away because he's how you swapped it <laughs> Can you if that that that's never going to happen? Now. It's never going to happen. And like, look, lads, you know, uh, until not a competitive game. It's 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 look that probably would have left us worse several questions that I've ever had in my life. But I mean, that's 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 that's, that's, that's bonkers. Like, it's, no, I think idea. he actually has. I think that's like he's an artist, an idea for a sport. Mixed as a sport, as they said. Okay, you can uh, obviously you can create a sanitized version where there's no physical contact, and you know, you know, it's a bit like walking soccer for the elderly, which is a big craze now, static. But look, <laughs> I, I, I've had thirty five, I had thirty five years experience of, of being a PE teacher, and and a lot of the problems in PE teaching uh, in this country um, are, are one of the, some of the reasons why women's sport has always struggled because. For example, in this country, well, while we talk about having a, a being a sports mad country and a fit mad country, we're not. Our obesity levels are huge. We don't have we don't have the participation levels, particularly at females, that we should have. Why is that? PE in primary schools is pretty much non-existent. It's yeah. very it, very limited. It's very limited. It's not very well organised. A lot of teachers so are comfortable teachers. So what happens? What happens with a lot of girls is that right. Say there isn't a particular sports club in your area, uh, the chances of a girl. So if there's no Gaelic camogie club or a football club or camogie, if there's no active club in the area, the chances of a girl playing sport or being involved in sport up to twelve years of age, 70 percent of them aren't involved. By the time they come to post primary school at thirteen years of age, with having had no interest in fitness or sport, uh, at thirteen, believe it or not. They're not interested in sport at that level. It's very hard to get them interested. Uh, at post-primary level, uh, I know, like in theory, and I, I was that soldier for many years, where they say, oh, you have to have mixed PE classes. All oh, classes have to be mixed. It's all about inclusivity. And and I and Valerie probably knows what I mean. A mixed PE class. Uh, a mixed PE class was a fucking recipe for disaster because I'll tell you why. Uh, the good girl, the, the really athletic girl, the valuable guys of this world were brilliant. They'd fit into oh, the mixed class. But 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 the quite introverted girl, the weak girl, she didn't want to go. She had the note from the parents every day. Oh no, Mary can't do. And same with the boys. The the good footballer or the good they didn't want to be playing with the girls because they were afraid that hurt them. And and the weak foot the weak young lad, the weak fella boy I didn't want to be playing with the girls in case he'd be showing up. So mixed PE yeah. was an absolute disaster. So in terms of mixed sport, uh, no, it's not just... Sorry, sorry. I think maybe... I, 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 sorry, Valerie, can I, can I jump in there? Because I, I, I want to pick up Mr. Spillane on yeah. a comment that he made there a second ago uh, that I asked a bonkers question. Um, let me put this in, in context to you, all right? I'm going back a few years. Um, there was one of those mixed tournaments in RTE, a soccer tournament, uh, one of those seven-a-side capers. And the idea was, it was mixed because four of the, the team were lads and three of them were girls and that kind of stuff. I at the time, by the way, Spillan, I you at were the time... Playing it. Was, no, well, I wasn't <laughs> playing it. I was, the, I was the trainer of the RT women's soccer team, right? And in this particular match, there was this little fella, uh, I was going to use a swear word there, but anyway... He was running up and down the wing, like showing off and all that kind of thing. And and our I, I said to I said to Marty was his winger. Marty Marty, 
<laughs> Listen, this fella, as I said, like he fancied himself big time. But one of our team, uh, one of our female players, who I knew was as tough as nails, I said to her, Jackie Early, probably. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said, Jean, I said, go over and sort that fella out, you know, which she did. She went across the pitch. He went running down the wing. She hit him a belt. And I guarantee you, he went into the bushes. We had to go and look for him. <laughs> that was the end of that story, Spillane. Yeah, but the bottom line is, Mike, you know, in this world nowadays, in this PC world, where health and safety is paramount, uh, the idea of putting... Well, I'll tell you uh, what, Gene, uh, Gene Sweeney, uh, Gene, Gene yeah. uh, the player involved in this particular thing, Gene didn't know an awful lot about health and safety, I, I can guarantee you. No, but I'm saying, look, it, that might, that's the exception, but like, in, with health and safety, when a six foot two fucking male hits a five foot six uh, female, the chances of, of an injury are very, very high, full stop. So, yeah. so, so you can... Go on, Mike, can... tell it. Was, was it Marty Morrissey? She put in the bushes. That's <laughs> one, was. Michael. Was it Marty? I'd say it was. I'd, I'd say it was. I'd tell, I'd tell you what, Tomas, if, if she got like an opportunity, she would have put Mar- Morrissey in the following county, never mind the bushes. But anyway. <laughs> but have you not seen the uh, legend? By the way, sorry, sorry, on... sorry, Valerie, just, just to, to cut, I beg your pardon for cutting across you. Uh, do you know Tomas McKay? Marty what? Morris, he played in gold for Cork back in the day. He did. He did, yeah. And, UC- yeah. and, and UCC. Yeah. And they yeah. read the crossbar down a small bit for him, yeah. <laughs> Church checker. <laughs> Juvenile goals. Ah, <laughs> oh, stop. Are we not? Have any of you been in Coe Park when those legend matches are on? And they make, do you know no. the fundraiser that's on? I wonder yeah. how. Oh, yeah. Fair. In, in Newbridge. Yeah, like yeah but a- that's that. That's not comparing uh, apples and oranges. I mean, that's that's a six-year-old playing against a twenty-something-year-old girl, where things are, are have evened up or leveled off. You know, yeah, we're probably going to see a lot more than that, Valeria. I presume that type of game or that type of charity match with male and female and stuff like that. I like it. I think that's been going on a fair bit, but in terms of competitive, I think maybe sense, non-competitive. I think more integration terms and yeah, social yeah. elements. I think it's oh, a, absolutely, and yeah, in that. Actually, lads, can I just a random question there on the football match last week? And it's the Tomas as well. And I, I, I'm intrigued. Is, is this right or is this wrong? When the Kelly management decided to bring on Chief Roche, uh, who had just suffered the cruciate ligament injury to it, good idea, bad idea, Val and Tomas? I probably would have started her and then you might have gotten more time out of her than you'd expected or you wouldn't have to worry about whether you'd need to set two subs, you know, used. Um I don't know. I, I don't know expect it. Well, I, 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 like I have experience with this year with my club where one of our guys spent t- 12 months recovering from a cruciate and uh, we played him in a couple of 20 minute matches for 20 minutes, 25s, got the all clear from some, from the surgeon to go ahead. And um, kind of what baffled me was 10 minutes into a match, he puts a hamstring that needs serious surgery now in the next couple of weeks. But, but but he ha- he had mentioned that pat to me in terms of like that he could do no further damage because of what's after happening. You know, so yeah. is that mentality in the clear? Or somebody said said to that girl, look, he, he, yeah, it's gone. But you know, didn't Larry Tompkins play on in Ireland fine with a crucifix gone? You know, um, Cora didn't there? get could a, it. Could, could she do any more damage than what was done at the moment? You know, but look, yeah, it's yeah, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't really. No, it doesn't. Pat Spillane, you've been there in that general territory in your own playing career where you've had your problems and all that kind of stuff. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Because you, you played through a couple of matches where would you accept that you weren't exactly 100% yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, well, see, bear in mind, as Val, uh, as Val alluded to when she was talking about Barry Borden, I mean, in terms of G, uh, now, I mean, the G player in terms of strength and conditioning, in terms of rehab and rehab, and in terms of physiotherapy and medical advice. I mean, the the G the county player at all levels are very, very well looked after. I mean, when I, in 1980, 81, in 1981, I ruptured my cruciate, anterior cruciate ligament. Now, it, like you must bear in mind the history. Uh, nowadays, the anterior, rupturing an anterior cruciate ligament is a very, very common injury that no one really has put their finger on exactly why is it so common. There's lots of theories, but no one has ever... But anyway, it's a very, very common injury. It's also one where you can come back within six to nine months. Um, it's a successful operation. But when when 
when when I did my cruise ship in eighty one, and and I always remember the, the the surgeon in CUH telling me I had ruptured my anterior cruciate ligament, and I remember Doctor Con Murphy was with him, the great Doctor Con, and I remember asking, well, what's the story? Will I be able to play football again? And he said, no, that's it. Your career is over. Uh, and I remember Dr. Khan coming and that to me, I was, I don't know, I was 26, 27 years of age. And to be told you were ruptured, cru- crucial ligaments, you'd never again play football. And those days, the, the orthopedic surgeons were around. Orthopedic surgeons dealing with elderly or whatever like that. They weren't into sport. They couldn't understand why somebody could have a serious injury in sport and want to play again. And, and I remember I was the first person, like, so I did two years of doing everything to try to make my muscles so strong around the knee that I could play football. And I, and I, I, I hung on, I, I came on for five minutes in, 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 in the Lord Island final of 81, my leg was hanging off and, and I stayed on to play in the five in a row. And you're right, Michael, was I 100% fit? Was I, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I wasn't, was I, should I have been there? Probably well, did not. You, did, for selfish reasons, I said I'd stay on. Could I ask you then on that? Did you do more damage to your leg, or, or do you feel it now in terms of? Yeah, I don't think on? so. But but like I, I I went away and got my I was I was the first person uh, to get a cruciate ligament and to come back playing successfully. And that was nineteen eighty eighty four. I'm like you know that's only thirty nine years ago. In the way but I mean, it just shows the advances of medicine. What I've learned. Did I do damage? Of course I did. I mean, I'm riddled with arthritis, but. You know the stupid question you'll ask of all sports: Would you do it again? Of course you would. But yeah, chances. I mean, uh, I remember. Uh, I'm just. I remember. I remember in the seventies, in the late seventies, uh, if we had an injury, uh, say a groin injury or a pull muscle or whatever like that, uh, we could go to uh, a specialist in in Dublin in a hospital in Dublin, a carry man who would give you a cortisone injection. Now at the time, yeah. cortisone injections were very, oh, oh, oh. and I remember we'd go, uh, and I think with a cortisone injection off the top, right, uh, once you got it on a Wednesday, it meant you were ready on the Sunday day. I think it was about three days or four days it needed. But but in, in fairness to the, 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 the specialist, the orthopedic surgeon, he would explain, he said, look, he said, uh, there are repercussions. There are side effects of this injection. Uh, you could lose some some bodily parts or whatever like that. And and you'd say, yeah, like your all brain, right. for example. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's and then you'd ask him the next question. Of course, is yeah. But but if you if I get the injection, would I be able to play next Sunday? And he'd say, yeah. But I said, give me the injection. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. I agree with your pass. Yeah, that's the I, had, that's... I had it. I had I had cortisone injections in uh, 1984 before uh, the All Ireland final against Offaly, and um, the week leading up to it, I, I, I had gone over my ankle, and as you say, back then, the the the, the modern phys, uh, physiotherapy w- wasn't, you know, you had a bit of ice and had <laughs> a treatment like that, but um, and I got injections prior to the match. I got them in again at halftime, but then when you win an All Ireland final, it's it's good on, and you pick it on culture and grand. I, I remember there was a certain there was a certain Kelly player like that who was a bit of a hypochondric and you know, he needed an injection. He needed whatever little. He got an injection of water one time, <laughs> <laughs> and he was convinced his cart is on. And he never he, he said it was the best he ever felt. You know, so it's you know in. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Barry Murphy tells the story about uh, we played not Ireland final or not Ireland semi final against Galway in nineteen eighty five, and Jimmy was playing football the week before, and he got injured and he couldn't participate in the match, and um, he got injured uh, against Castlehaven, and uh, it was a sub on the day, and it was a bad bad day in Crow Park, and Cork were a couple of pints down, a couple of minutes to go, so the management team, Jimmy, come on, we we get you in to get us a goal. Like, so Dr. Khan had to give Jimmy an injection in the ribs. So he went up the side and, and Khan produced the needle and lifted up his jersey. And Jimmy yeah. says, Khan, if you put that needle into me, it would be inside in the stand with the rest of the crowd. Right? So Jimmy, Jimmy wasn't taking any injection whatsoever. <laughs> oh, stop the lights. Uh, Valerie, just uh, to reflect on last uh, weekend, last Sunday, and that uh, we spoke about uh, Dublin's win over Kerry, obviously, and that. Two other games as well. Um, you mentioned Newbridge there uh, a few minutes ago. And uh, Kildare, of course, won one of those other two All-Irons between the intermediate and the, the junior and so on. And uh, Johnny Morta, famous jockey. Two of his daughters were playing on the Kildare team that won, which I thought was, was kind of fascinating because Johnny, obviously, a very successful sportsman. And and there were his two daughters playing for 
Kildare, Wigan, and All Ireland. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And I actually think that's one of the great things that has happened. You know, with great sports players, men who have daughters, and I know seeing yeah the opportunities or the lack of and, and trying to contribute to things to ensure that they'll have the equal access and they'll have the same opportunities. So yeah, it's wonderful. And like, you know, I guess football is a great sport to take up up to say the age twelve. Even like I mean, many of the other sports the skills are transferable um, you know if you're playing basketball you can um, kind of transfer over to football easy enough um, it is wonderful to see Claire had a great win now Claire would be picking themselves a bit they, they yeah, missed two yeah. goal opportunities in the first half they had a great comeback but it was just a bit too late and Claire hung on Claire were actually managed by a former male player Diane O'Hara and we would have had a great experience in all our advantages herself but um, no that's and and look, there was three monster teams involved, one each, each All Ireland, and uh, you know none came out on top, which is kind of I suppose upsetting. Actually, Michael, for, while you mentioned that, you know, and and Johnny Murta coming from the 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 world of of horses, and in the world of horses where breeding and genetics play such a huge role, I mean, you can't you can't ignore genetics when it comes to not alone what the the two the two daughters of of Johnny Murta, but you must remember who their grandfather was. Uh, Bam, the great Babs Keating of course yes, yes. Uh, oh, right. that's right Keating the great Tipperary footballer and even greater Tipperary or, yeah. or is our grandfather and when you talk about about famous uh, children or grand, granddaughters did you see with the down team one of the members of the down team was the granddaughter of Bobby Sands oh Jenny Mackey series yes I didn't know that actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, See, I do all my research before I come on this, lads. Well, I do Pat, huge you, research. You, you didn't research me because you got me to, to list out <laughs> my teammates. No, no, but because somebody said Valerie likes to list out. Yeah, yeah. You see, Valerie no, he tip, loves Park so much. No, Valerie. Somebody Love tipped me off. So Val, Valerie loves listing out her achievements. Make sure and ask her that question. That you, you just call me really humble. Missing. You just refer to me as humble. <laughs> so you're a bit of a contradiction. <laughs> uh, have to get the 10 all earned medals in there though Valerie have to get the 10 you have more than Spillan remember that oh sorry useless piece of information though that and I it should just when I when Valerie mentioned it right yeah where's the record from most all Ireland most man of the matches in all Ireland seen a football final uh, do, do you have Roy? I think I have the same as Valerie three yeah are you serious I think so yeah <laughs> you're, 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 and and you're I've in... more all stars than Valerie. I've more all stars than Valerie. Uh, Splad, you can stop class. wearing the flag now. That'll, that'll be all. <laughs> it's nice to, Valerie, it's nice to have those two guys as our support stack, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Who's scoring more fast, you or me? <laughs> uh, we won't go down now. That's close. That's close, man. That's close. <laughs> Are you counting freeze? Were you a free taker? Uh, well, yes. I would count them because I was over. Uh, I wouldn't count freeze at all. I wouldn't count freeze at all. Oh, right, sure. Right, we'll reset that. I think I still win. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, before before this before this conversation goes on a complete black hole altogether, um, in 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 summing up, Valerie, uh, just it's almost uh, fifty years now since essentially the ladies' football, uh, yeah, got going, if you like, and all that, yeah. and and I was reading a. a a thing, a feature there in the Sunday Times at the weekend about one of the first games played in 1974 in Doro and County Leash, right? On what the report says was a sloping pitch and where it was awfully against Tipperary, the awfully team didn't have any jerseys and they had to borrow a set of jerseys from a local club in Leash and all that. My yeah. God, how, how things have changed over the 50 yeah. years. All right. I know, it's, Phenomenal, really. Um, but as I said, you know, I think there's more equality happening, and that has, you know, you have to commend all the people who fought the fight and, and tried to lead the way, yep. and people who formed the, the Women's Gaelic Players Association, and and the men who fought, you know, to get better treatment, and you know, the hurlers in Cork in 2000, and what was it, three or four? Couple of times. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so. Um, you have to demand more and, and, and ensure that your playing experience is good because I think that's, you know, usually important to having a retention when, when players have good experiences for their counties, they'll go back and they'll help with their club. You know, they won't be 
um, disenchanted by things or, or feel resentful, you know. So I think it's important to ensure that players get the best out of their careers and they're looked after while they're playing. Another, another thing, Valerie, and I, I'm only quoting now from the Sunday Times. I'm, I'm not kind of the expert in this myself, like Spillane and fellas like that. But um, Brendan Martin, the Brendan Martin Cup. Yeah. He's a guy from Tullamore and he was one of the guys who organised uh, one of the first uh, ladies' games back in those early 70s and that kind of stuff. And really? put up a He's still alive. He's he still put, alive. Yeah. And he was down at a celebration with one of our all Ireland's he yeah, either and find himself down to Paddy Desmond, and the electricity went off that same night. We were I know. we were involved with candles. I'm I'm glad to hear he's still alive because he's roughly my yeah. age. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> seventy nine. Yeah, <laughs> oh, stop the lights. Listen, guys, um, I'd love to keep talking to you all day, as indeed we could. Uh, but I think it's time to close this week's version of the Game on Sunday podcast. Uh, thank you to Pat and to Tomas, as usual. And Valerie, it was so much of a pleasure to talk Would to you. Get that, could your... you get that on, on instead of Tomas? I was just going to say, no, no, actually... She's a way better. Actually, Spillane, that's creaky ice that you're standing on now because uh, actually we could get her on instead of you. How about that? Yeah, that's a possibility as well. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, yeah, she, yeah, Pat... I won't even answer that. Go away and I'll stack, well stack, stack the Go away and I'll stack the shims to yourself there for the afternoon. Thanks, folks. Thanks very much indeed. And thank you to everybody for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 